to the NCTM podcast. My name is Steve McCormack from the communications team at the NCTM and this week we're talking about last summer's GCSE maths exams, the first real ones for three years. We'll be asking how the students, the candidates did. We'll be looking for trends that might help you out there in secondary maths departments possibly shape your teaching in years 10 and 11 or even key stage three over the next months or years looking for the sorts of questions that were done well, not so well, topics that caused difficulties, where marks were won and where they were lost. With me, I've got representatives from the three main exam boards, Andrew Taylor from AQA, Neil Ogden from OCR, and Mark Heslop from Pearson Edexcel. Firstly, I'm just going to go round the virtual table. We're not sitting around a real table. We're all over the country at the moment. It's early October 2022, so middle of the first half term. I'm going to go round the table and just get some headline observations uh, about how generally the students did this year. And I'm going to start with you, Mark. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, just a few things that came out from the uh, examiner's reports and the examiner's comments was it was clear that students didn't have some resources available to them, such as rulers or calculators, or they weren't making best use of them in examinations. Uh, the examiners felt that the students were actually very well prepared, prepared for the exams and hats off to teachers for that, despite the disruption of COVID. And finally, one thing that has come through that is a consistent issue in previous years is that legibility of answers so that examiners can give them credit where it's due is still an issue for students. OK, you next, Neil, OCR. OK, yeah, definitely lots of positives, you know, plenty of students doing really well. I think picking up on Mark's point about technology, I think with our papers, it was notable that in the non-calculator papers, students did maybe seem to struggle. So possibly, potentially, that's an impact of what we've all been through over the last couple of years. And maybe with sort of all the online learning and all the technology people have been getting into, maybe that has really helped them with some things, but maybe with some of the non-calculator methods, maybe students haven't had quite as much preparation as we might like to have had. Um, I think also looking at the tiers, maybe sort of a lot of the high tier students were performing quite comparably to previous years high tier students, but maybe with the foundation tier learners, that cohort did seem to be slightly lower performing compared to previous years. And also the spread as well, the standard deviation of results was much wider. So certainly seeming to sort of spread apart the students and maybe sort of those students that were quite better off on foundation tier were, you know, continuing to perform well, but maybe those lower ability students on foundation tier were really seeming to struggle compared with similar students in previous years. OK, thanks. Andrew, AQA, what about your headline thoughts and observations? So I, I guess the main headline is uh, I think I would echo what Mark said about well prepared students, and uh, I think we provided them with with uh, a set of papers at both years that that meant they could really show what 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 they could do, uh, and so uh, a background of much improved performance, un perhaps unexpectedly this year is is the main thing. In the foundation tier, the the biggest improvement in performance, albeit from a low base in the past, was on algebra, uh, which 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 surprised me. Uh, whereas in the higher tier, I think. Uh, and I think this is probably to do with advanced information, sort of technically difficult, uh, but straightforward questions were answered very, very exceptionally well by lots of students. 
whereas questions uh, involving reasoning, involving doing hard things with relatively easier mathematics weren't weren't as well done. They weren't badly done, but they, they weren't as well done. Great. OK, well, thanks. Let's pick up on a few of those points. Firstly, algebra, the comment you just made, Andrew, about relatively simple al algebra at foundation performance. Pretty good, maybe even improvements. So, Neil, first, anything general about algebra uh, this year? OK, so at higher tier, the, the story is pretty straightforward, really. Students on higher tier performed in algebra really comparably to previous series. We definitely have seen a difference at foundation tier, but it, um, it it's it's slightly different to, to Andrew's. So this year on foundation tier, students seem to have performed less well on algebra questions, um, but they did perform a lot better than previous years in terms of ratio proportion questions. So it's possibly just down to the individual questions on there. Maybe there were some slightly more challenging algebra questions in previous years and maybe sort of the the, the ordering of the questions had been sort of shifted around and it was kind of ratio proportion questions that were taking their place really. But um, in terms of uh, number, geometry, probability and statistics, they were all pre pretty consistent performance compared to previous years, but it seems that um, algebra and ratio, things looking a bit different compared to what we'd seen over previous years. OK, Mark, um, Pearson, Excel. Yeah, and the, the algebra question, uh, questions performed well. The difference that we saw was that students were struggling to a degree with their non-calculator skills, um, uh, certainly on the foundation tier, and that could be a preparation issue of, you know, too much learning delivered remotely, not in the classroom with the teacher being able to see what was going on and having to make up from that. But also on the calculator papers with students not using necessarily uh, their non-calculator skills to to check the size of their answers and also really not using their calculators effectively to then check what they've done and have a scale of that answer. Um, more in the kind of the middle to low end of the higher tier that was clear, but also, you know, the higher, the top and higher tier students did very well and better than previous years. And I think that's partly due to the AI. There is difficult to write an, an AI that, that the higher ability students are not going to take absolute real advantage of and kind of a Probably a key message for the for the uh, post-16 students in the autumn is don't underestimate how much prep time and benefit the students get from that from that advanced information. OK, so there's, there's there's a couple of things which you've all sort of mentioned, which may be linked here. Firstly, bad legibility, Mark, you mentioned that early on, bad writing, mm -hmm. which examiners just can't read. Maybe the answer's there, but they can't read it so they can't give the mark. Uh, Neil, you mentioned, I think, um, that non-calcular paper, the sort of jottings, the stuff that you might a, a student might be able to do just with a pen and a bit of paper, maybe they've lost that um, ability that because there's so much online teaching has gone on. It, do you think there's any link there that somehow students are just not doing stuff with a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper? And that's coming out in their performance in exams and losing the marks. Is there a link, anybody? Yes, Mark? I'm not sure to quite say it's that in terms of lack of practice with the pen and paper. I would say, you know, in terms of the preparation with students, it's about just making sure that students have also almost got a writing frame for how they're laying out their working and, and yet legibility is an issue. But it's also the, 
the structure of the question on the page can can be very haphazard, certainly on your angle problems where students are not labeling angles clearly or referring to things clearly. Um, so, you know, if there's a takeaway that teachers can 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 come away with from this is that they have got poor handwriting. It's making sure that the layout of their answer makes up for it. Mm -hmm. Any other observations on that front? Otherwise, I yes, think that, that, that that's I think that's quite a, a regular observation. And um, yeah, I mean, we we definitely did see it this year. But yeah, I think I think some of the legibility has Im improved, um, but other places it hasn't. So, I mean, I think for for quite a while we've been talking about, for example, loci questions and how, you know, you need to set those out with all the construction lines and things like that. We've maybe sort of seen some improvements in the setting out of those. But yeah, in other places kind of, yeah, th there's definitely legibility issues. Yeah, that's, unfortunately, it just seemed to be a, a regular occurrence each series that, that rears its head. Andrew, I'm going to go back to what you mentioned towards the end, namely, technically difficult but simply laid out questions in, in the higher paper were, were done well um, possibly you, you suggested because of advanced information could you just elaborate a bit on that yeah so I'm, I'm i'm thinking particularly about those topics in the higher tier that are regularly examined but aren't necessarily on every year and uh i, I mean a good example is uh converting a recurring decimal into a fraction if you know that's going to be on and that featured in our advanced information you pretty much know what's going to happen there uh, and you can and, and and you can you know work hard with students to make sure that they understand what's going to happen there uh, and we had a question like that and i think something like 57 percent of students in the high tier got full marks on that question and that was a five mark question so that was a big uh, a big jump so so and the few other examples vector problems is another one mm. uh that, that came up and performed exceptionally well uh and so you contrasted those... that you contrasted that with re questions uh requiring a bit of reasoning yeah so uh, uh one of the questions that that didn't perform as well in the higher tier uh was a a quite sophisticated kind of uh in percentage increase and decrease question. It was one of those about in order in order to uh, sort of uh, you could either increase a price or decrease the weight of something to make the same profit. So so it was it was it was a complicated complicated idea involving reasoning with relatively straightforward matter and and that didn't perform uh, as as well as those kind of straightforward questions. There was another question. Uh, an algebraic question uh, about uh, comparing coefficients to 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 get you know, unknowns out of an identity quite daunting to look at, uh, but but again, students did exceptionally well in it. Uh, so again, it's that yeah, mm. difficult uh, difficult traditional topics, but being well prepared, exceptionally yeah. well prepared for them. Yeah, Mark uh, um, at Excel. Yeah, just to come back to your point about legibility and, you know, that that change in teaching methods of the pandemic, the thought that has occurred to me is, you know, as we went online, I was teaching in that part of the pandemic. A lot of teachers took real advantage of some of the online math plan platforms that are there. They're absolutely superb. And they've come on leaps and bounds in the past couple of years. 
the, you know, that is a lot of them where students are putting in just answers. And I'm wondering if there's been an inadvertent consequence of that as those have been continued to be used, that maybe we've just got less of a focus on, on showing that upward than the need for the exams. Mm -hmm. What about the general, Neil, the general reasoning questions versus uh, difficult, but nevertheless, ones where they had a bit of warning about. Is, is that something, a phenomenon you, you noticed as well at OCR? Well, I mean, yeah, th I mean, there's definitely some of the things that we can pull out over, over what's been said. I mean, we, we can look at the assessment objectives of, as a whole and see how well students have performed in those. It's not vastly different this year compared to previous series, but um, thinking about what Mark just said about, you know, about students ability to be able to communicate calculations on the page we are definitely seeing uh, this summer you know particular challenges for students in some of the um, AO2 questions that require students to sort of show that and then it's about showing the calculations on the page and prove as well um, those difficulties have definitely been there in previous years. I think, you know, that those were two types of questions that we didn't really see on the legacy qualifications. And, you know, since 2017, students really have struggled on some of those questions. Um, but I think, yeah, this year there was maybe some of those questions, you know, that um, students, yeah, did did have to, you know, or mm. did, did struggle with a bit. And yeah, it, I, I don't think, unfortunately, there's a simple answer for this. I think there's a variety of things, but yeah, I. I suspect that yeah what Mark just said about you know some of these online platforms you know fantastic as they are students do also need to be able to practice and be able to work on just kind of like writing calculations down on the page that's you know vital part of exam preparation and um, maybe that hasn't been able to happen in, in as many instances to the degree that you know we we might like to see. Okay I'm going to move on to a couple more areas firstly um, where questions appear within the paper from number one right up to number 14, 15, 16 or however many questions there are. Mark, I think you said that you spotted a phenomenon of questions that sort of started to appear after sort of 30 or 40 minutes yeah. into it's, a, it's a sitting. A, yeah, the examiners put a lot of effort for all boards into the ramping to make sure they have a good positive experience in the early part of it of the paper to settle them in. And then there does seem to be, and whether it's slightly more pronounced this year, I'm not sure, but after maybe 40, 50 minutes, maybe the students are right. We, st we start to see a slight dip in the performance of the students on those mid-paper questions before they ramp up, but then doing very long later ones. And it may well be that students are actually starting to suffer from a little bit of fatigue from that point. They've gone in hyped up to the exam. They go through a bit of a dip and come out of it. And, you know, maybe one way around that is to, and I, I know centres do a lot of mock papers, but making sure they're getting plenty of, practice under exam timed conditions it's like conditioning yourself for a math marathon you know pacing yourself to to run the race is kind of the best advice i can give centers but it, it is interesting how those questions you know slightly earlier or later the same question in different years may perform slightly better mm. because there are relatively easy relatively easy marks to be picked up still aren't there in the the sort of questions five six and seven on a paper absolutely uh, absolutely yeah, Andrew, anything of that nature um, past your desk? Yeah, it, in a sense, I, I mean, I think what where we saw in I mean, I talked about generally improved performance in the higher tier and talked about those straightforward questions. We we, we perhaps saw the biggest effects of that in the second half of of the higher tier papers. 
So for, uh, from that point where the, the, that's where the biggest increases in performance were. And it's those students who probably uh, ended up getting six, seven, maybe grade eight, who, again, I think advanced information had, had a part to play in that, I think. Uh, it, but it was it was it was striking that that ramping that, that Mark talked about. Uh, it's always flat, always for us flatter in the higher tier than it is in the foundation tier, but but was particularly flat, flattened out this year. So it's because there was in, improved performance in the second half of the paper and 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 less improved in the early questions because they are already doing pretty well. So so yeah. a much a much kind of uh, flat flat not entirely even performance across the whole thing, but but much mm -hmm. more so than perhaps we've seen before. Anything from you then, Neil at OCR, or if, if not, we're going to go on to. I don't think there was any sort of no. yeah, anything vastly different. I mean, I, I was thinking about the overall mark distribution on foundation to so not talking about a single paper, but sort of thinking about um the distribution of marks across the whole foundation tier and this year it was notably flatter um in previous years we've sort of had that kind of traditional you know bell curve normal curve um but this year it did really seem to be a bit flatter and it's possible potentially that that's a consequence of advanced information and so you know students were able to use that to sort of pick up um some some more marks and kind of those, those yeah reaching up a bit more possibly it's it's one of those things that once again it is hard to put you know an exact answer to it but it's yeah it seems reasonable that it could be a consequence of that okay let's move on to questions which involve uh students being asked to interpret a diagram or a graph or something visual in front of them which has got maths embedded in it um are there any general observations to make about how they uh, perform with those sorts of questions. Andrew, I'm going to come to you first, AQA. Yeah, within the foundations here again, there were a, a couple of very clear examples uh, of, of, of that idea of students moving between representations and really finding it difficult. So uh, one of, Having having said algebra improved, one area it didn't improve was 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 in uh, a question on equations of straight lines, where students, if I recall correctly, were given the equation and asked to state which, which I think they had to choose which coordinates, which of these is a multiple choice question, which of these coordinates would be on the line, and then they're asked to give the coordinates of the intercept, something like that, and and they were very very. Uh, badly done both both those questions so that you know understanding what the equation of a straight line means seems seems conceptually very difficult yeah. and remains so the other example uh was uh, a question that asks students to uh extract information from 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 a line graph and then calculate a mean from that so again that that moving from one representation drawing something out of it and then doing something with that. Again, very, very uh, uh, low level of performance yeah. on that. And and it, not extraordinary. I mean, both of those were questions that we I think we know are going to be challenging for foundation students in any year, but they, they, they stood out for me this year. 
Is this ringing bells with you, Neil, as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely, to be fair. I mean, if we, if we go back to the assessment objective, so within AO3, one of the strands of AO3 is um, translate, uh, translate problems in a mathematical context into a series of processes, and it's quite often that those mathematical contexts are things such as, you know, charts, gra graphs, diagrams, things like that. Um, once again, year on year, you know, looking back to previous years, we have definitely seen students um, struggling with that particular assessment objective of translating problems from a mathematical starting point. Um, and it's definitely remained this year and it's, it's one of those that hasn't particularly improved. I think so, some of the other areas we've sort of seen fluctuations. This one is kind of like, yeah, year on year, it's kind of like been one that students do struggle with which is notably different to the, the the similar strand, which is translate problems from a non-mathematical context into processes. So that's where it's your real life situation, someone going to the shops or catching a bus, things like that, and translating that into maths. Students do those quite well, really, notably. But when you've got a similar question, but you're starting from a mathematical starting point, uh -huh. you know, a tra trapezium or, you know, something like that, um, yeah, students really do seem to struggle. And yeah, we, we've noticed that once again this year. Familiar story at edXL, Mark? Absolutely. Um, it's quite interesting at the foundation. So certainly students are seem to struggle with actually plotting points on graph that, you know, on graphs that very fundamental skill that that prevents them accessing the uh, other points. Um, labeling angles correctly or whether it's in their, their written justification of a circle theorems problem or whether it or albeit that you know they've got to actually label them on the diagram um there is kind of a, a follow-on point to this that we actually start to see that coming through into a level so we've had a couple of vectors questions this year and the examiners did say that students you know benefit more preparation with vectors but they needed to recall certain uh, quadrilateral properties last year it was a trapezium this year it was a rhombus prove it's a rhombus, prove it's a trapezium, students are not following through with that, those representations through into the A-level side. Okay, thanks. Well, um, we've been going 25 minutes or so. Um, we could talk about lots more, but I'm going to draw it to a close and ask each of you just to pull out one question which had something interesting or quirky about it that, that's worth sharing. And we'll do that once we've done that, if there's any points that you came to this podcast, guys, and you really wanted to make, uh, then I'll give you that that chance as well. Uh, and I haven't taken you down that avenue, but you'd really want to get one message across. We'll we'll do that right at the very end. But first of all, just a question of interest from each of you. And I'm going to go to you first, please, Mark. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, the, the one that is the absolute standout for us is a, a topic that comes through very well this year, and it's very, very useful in the current climate is students are much better at best buy and best value calculations. They are absolutely getting them marked in the way the way they wouldn't do previously. Whether that's more awareness of it in the in the current economic climate, I'm not sure, but there was we did have a question where it was uh, comparing values of petrol and diesel and one of the situations was Wales. And the exam, the exam was written quite a while ago, so <laughs> the price of fuel has gone up quite significantly since then. And there was quite a few tweets afterwards of students saying, me driving to Wales to fill up on cheap fuel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twitter is a phenomenon, isn't it? Uh, students sharing their thoughts about questions on Twitter immediately after the exam. That's been a phenomenon of the last five or six years. Neil, what about a question from you? 
Uh, well, we had a similar sort of car related question that I quite <laughs> like just about um, car license plates and sort of permutations around the number of different license plates that we could have and sort of saying that, you know, you can't use I, the letter I or the letter O in license plates and working around with that. And um, yeah, I just quite like that. And students did really quite well on it as well. So that's always pleasing as well to see. So, yeah. OK, real world again, things which they know about and understand outside the classroom. Yeah, and exactly. It's that real life context that yeah, yeah, students yeah. do often Yeah, work really well at. Andrew, your your uh, one question. Yeah, my a question I liked and and, and students did well on uh, was one uh, on a high tier paper, and it was it was about the volume of a display, a giant dis plastic display ice cream cone outside a shop, uh, and and they had to calculate the volume of that, and almost eighty percent of the foundation kids got full marks on calculating volume, so that was nice. Uh, and then they had to uh, yeah, think about the scale factor of that ice cream cone against a similar real ice cream cone and and I, I think work out uh, the volume of a, of a small one or work out how many times smaller it was or something like that. And and yeah, it's a topic area that traditionally is very challenging, that whole sort of scale factors and scaling them up for area and volume. And yet again, they did uh, did really well with that. That's good to hear. It wasn't very I, hot I summer. just thought it, it just, but the, 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 the context just tickled me of the, the ice cream. Thing. Yeah, it was a hot summer. Lots of ice creams were probably yeah. consumed uh, before, well, probably not before, but certainly after GCSE exams this summer. OK, gents, thanks very much. Is there anything burning which you, you you thought I really want to get this across to secondary heads of department and we haven't managed to mention it? If there isn't, then it doesn't. Yes, Mark, one over to you. I, I, I wonder if it's common for, for the other two as well. But, you know, obviously we this is really the first full live series for the past three years. And we've got a lot of new heads of departments in there. It's just, you know, all the exam boards have uh, exam data facilities and it's just making sure that, um Heads of departments are familiar with that data tool that's with them for analysing their results. Um, it was my starting point when I was a head of department for my my analysis since September and training. And it's just making sure that heads of departments are familiar with the tools that are available to them and also that the training that is available from all the boards that is free in a climate where costs are absolutely critical. Great. Good point to make. Get in touch with your exam board. Uh, uh, Andrew, over to you now. Yeah, I, I was going to pick up on that data idea. I, th I think given the year-on-year -year change we've, we've had in, in, in outcomes and standards and everything else, I, th I think it's really important that uh, heads, of, heads of subject really understand what's been happening, what is happening, what the implications are when they do mock exams for the for, for likely grade boundaries. You know, we'll all be talking about that. We'll all be writing about that. Uh, but uh, so I would I would I would echo what Mark said. Yeah, come along to the free online and live now training events. You know, I'm I'm really enjoying getting on the train again and actually visiting real people in real schools. So, you know, Please invite me. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll turn up. I'll turn up to the opening of an envelope. So, uh, yeah, ask me along, and uh, very happy to kind of explain the implications of this year and looking forward to next year and so on. Great, thanks very much. I'm going to plug. We've got NCTM. We've got a Twitter account, NCTM Q and A, where we try to share stuff that the exam boards share. We try to keep on top of things coming out of exam boards 
DfE off qual throughout the year so that heads of department can just spot things which they might like to go into a little bit more deeper during the year. So if you don't follow uh, that, then follow it now. It's at NCTM Q&A. OK, thanks very much indeed, gentlemen. Andrew Taylor from AQA, Neil Ogden from OCR and Mark Heslop from Pearson Edexcel. A very interesting conversation. Thank you for giving me your time and thank you to you listening at home or in the car or wherever. Math teacher, head of department. Um, we hope that this conversation has been a little bit interesting and of use to you for the rest of the teaching this year. Good luck with all of that. Uh, We'll be along with another NCTM podcast in uh, the very near future. But for the time being, thanks for listening and goodbye.